Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. Episode 16 of uh, the One Man's Opinions podcast here on your favorite network, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play Store. I am your host, Jeff Manns, riding solo here for episode number 16. Appreciate you guys and all the support you were showing this show, this podcast, downloading it, commenting, uh, subscribing, liking, rating, all that good stuff. It goes a long, long way for us to pump out new episodes and gives us the the fuel we need, if you will. Again, I am Jeff Manns. You could find my work at LeadFantasy.com, FantasyGuru.com, all things seasonal fantasy sports there, all things daily fantasy sports at LeadFantasy.com, all things sports betting at EliteSportsBetting.com. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Manns, the Jeff Manns on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and of course, you better be following me on TikTok, folks. Come on now. Now, if you're not on TikTok, folks, and we're during the quarantine, I don't know how you guys are making it through. Forget Netflix. I, I put, if I was doing a ranking of what, where my time has been spent and the most needed items of entertainment during the quarantine, I, I would actually have TikTok ahead of Netflix at this point and Hulu, believe it or not. That's how great and useful that app is. Follow me there at the Jeff Mans, all one word out there as well. So today we're going to answer the question so many of you have been asking, what's up with Elite Fantasy? A lot of you want to know what's going on. Some people have left the company as of recent days. Uh, obviously, it's a quarantine time. We're pumping out content, but sports are slow to come back. Uh, we have a, a schedule I'll go over in just a minute about when these sports should return, at least as we sit here in the middle of May. As I'm recording this, we'll go through that. I'm going to answer the questions many of you have that you're posing to me in our chat rooms behind the paywall out in front, at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, all these other places. I want to talk openly. Openly, I'm going to talk candidly about what's going on with the business side of things at the Elite Sports Network. First of all, though, I wanted to give a little update from episode 15. The feedback has been absolutely tremendous from that episode. I did go to a deep, deep pull from my background, talked about something that I had not openly spoken about really, other than you know some conversations with my wife over the years and things like that, and that was depression. If you missed episode 15, I encourage people to go back, listen, and let's start a conversation. I have uh, people hitting me up, uh, uh, direct messaging, uh, instant messaging, emailing, on Twitter, and all that. Uh, People that have gone through similar types of things, people who are in it right now, going through some depression. Let me just talk a little bit about that before we get into it. I'm going to update you guys on sports, where we stand with UFC, soccer, and NASCAR, PGA, all that. Then I'm going to dive into what's up with Elite Fantasy that so many people are asking about right now. So we'll talk some sports tell you some stories and all that on the program today. So last episode, I talked about depression, how depression is a thing that's in my family has been for years. And it does, it's doesn't go away. It's unfortunately something you're kind of born with. It's part of your brain, part of your psyche. And I don't think there's a way 
to cure it, at least not that I know of, of course, um, therapy, you know, all that kind of good stuff, I'm sure helps. And it works for a lot of people. And I've been through therapy sessions in the past. But one of the things I want to follow up on episode 15 with here today is that you need to be able to identify. I think that's the hardest part, especially during this quarantine, during this COVID-19 outbreak and pandemic, where we're bottled up in our houses and our homes and our apartments and wherever we are with our family in a close proximity and emotions are high and stress is high and all this stuff, we need to identify when we're going through a depressed time and be open about it. Be honest with yourself. Don't try to mask it. Don't try to lie to yourself. Understand that you're not mad at the people that are around you. That's one of the things I have to remind myself constantly that I'm not mad at the people that I'm starting, I'm feeling the fire, the adrenaline rushes, start getting sweaty, your heart's racing, you want to go after these people, whether it's on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever, or you want to yell at your wife or kids or friends or angry text messages, whatever it is nowadays, however people let off steam. You, know, you need to realize, you need to check yourself. And understand you're likely not mad at the person or people you're lashing out at. The angriest people on social media, now use Twitter as the crutch because that's what the fantasy sport industry kind of relies on. The angriest people on Twitter, um, get, they get, generate a bunch of followings. They get a lot of likes. They get a lot of interactions on their social media. But they're also the most miserable people in real life, IRL, as the kids would say. And it's something that makes me sad because I I know this and I'm going to get into what's up with elite sports and some people that we used to and even currently work with, um, you know, fit this criteria. And I don't mean any disrespect to anybody about that, but I think that this is what happens. You become an angry person. You become a, a... Uh, seemingly you could become a violent person, you know, because of how bad you feel about yourself, how bad you're feeling inside. It comes out via aggression on social media, text messages, or what have you. You just identify it and channel your depression in proper ways and understand that the world isn't as bad as you think it is. it's not as important as you think it is that somebody called you out supposedly on Twitter or whatever, or that somebody didn't put away the, I can't believe it's not butter spray from dinner, or clean the dinner table down or something like that. You got to understand, you know, it's not their fault. It's not your fault. It's okay. Things are going to be all right. We're going to get through it. You're going to get through the pandemic. The job's going to get better. And if not, if you don't see, oh, no, it's not this guy. I can't work with this person. Then leave. Leave the company. Leave the arena. Leave whatever it is that's upsetting you. Maybe it is an unhealthy relationship. Well, leave that relationship and find something new. Find a way to channel your energy, channel your emotions, channel your efforts into something positive. And not going to go all kumbaya on you guys, but it's just you have to recognize these things and recognize when you're going through a depression. You know, that little things set you off all the time. You're easily triggered. It's not that important. You know, there's a lot of things that manifest themselves 
that really aren't that important and comes out in anger or aggression. And ultimately, it costs us, whether it's monetarily, job, career, friends, family, relationships, whatever it may be, you know, it's just not worth all that. So identifying it, channeling your energy and your efforts into a positive way into something that does bring you joy is really how you combat and continuously every day combat depression and understand, hold it off, keep it at bay and make sure it doesn't become who you are as a human being. So I just wanted to get in on that, a little uh, cherry on top of the episode 15 Sunday if you will, let's talk about sports here. By the way, I'm, I'm, for those of you who have reached out about the depression and what I went through as a child and um, all that stuff, like, I'm happy to answer your questions. You want to talk. You just want somebody to hear you out, um, somebody to confide in or whatever. I'm here for you guys. Um, I mean, you know, I'll do the best that I can, obviously. I, I am not a therapist. I'm not licensed or anything like that. But if you need somebody to reach out, you're going through something similar. You know, I'm here uh, at Jeff underscore man's the Jeff man's Facebook, Instagram, all these different places. You can catch up with me. You could find me. And um, I'm happy to talk to you, talk through it, share what I've been through with you and uh, you know, maybe help you channel those efforts and emotions in a positive way. Sports are back, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a, a huge week here um, UFC 249, UFC Fight Night, both in the books as of now. We've got another one coming up this Saturday. As a matter of fact, from Jacksonville, Florida, they've got more UFC. We got uh, the bundling, the bundling. That's a German soccer league, believe it or not, everybody. It starts this week as well. NASCAR's back over the weekend. The PGA Outlaw uh, tournament happened out here in Scottsdale, where I reside in Arizona. And they just had that in, I think it's two or three weeks now. The PGA Tour resumes as well. So sports are inching back. They're coming back. People ask me all the time, well, what about the NFL? What's going to happen with the National Football League? What's going to happen with football? As we stand here in the middle of May, we're going to have football. Football had an opportunity to pause the combine, pause the individual workouts after the combine, when COVID was, you know, sort of a tiny bubble, if you will, at that point, free agency, when COVID did strike and was outbreaking, even across the United States, the draft, it's release of the 2020 regular season schedule. The NFL has not paused anything. The NFL has rolled on. Now it's doing virtual workouts, virtual sessions, allowing teams to virtually do the playbooks, talk to their players, all of that good stuff that still are not open. The facilities aren't open in most of the country. Certain places they are, but the NFL is trying to keep things status quo, and I think they're doing the right thing. We're going to have football. Football's barring any kind of major outbreak across the entire United States. It may not happen in your city. It may not happen in certain cities or certain states or what have you. There's a lot of issues at that. But we're going to get NFL football. Football is too big of an operation. Too much. You talk about the economy. There's nothing bigger than the, the NFL is the equivalent to the housing market. 
Like it's okay. It's maybe not quite equivalent. It is as close to that as you can actually get. Like the NFL is an enterprise that just fuels everything. The money that churns through it, everything it affects is just too much. That And thus, there's no way we won't get football in one way, shape, or form this season. Baseball's a whole different matter. I'm str- I strongly believe we'll get Major League Baseball coming back, but as far as when and how, what's it going to look like, it doesn't seem like the players' union is going to accept the owner's proposal of a 50-50 revenue split of 30-man rosters, universal DH, a July 4th start date, all these things. You know, as we, as I record the show here, that's something that's being debated, and we thought we'd know by now that the players' union was either agree or disagree, but they're still at the bargaining table. They're still negotiating what this may look like, and it looks like the players' union is on the side of delaying any kind of possible return until they're absolutely all clear and they have much more confidence in the testing elements of uh, COVID-19 as well. Which, Speaking of which, UFC 249, the um, Ultimate Fighting Championship over this past weekend came out where two fighters went in for the weigh-in and you know, there was whatever, 10 fights on the whole card, maybe a little, maybe either 11 or 12. And in every fight, the guys got on the scale and stared each other down just like normal. On one fight, they kept their distance. Both guys wore a mask and everything else. Turns out, hours after the weigh-in, one of the fighters, indeed, his test came back positive for COVID-19. That fight was canceled. He was ushered out. Uh, everybody else was tested in his camp and around. And so far, as of this recording, no further outbreaks or anything. It was well handled by the UFC. These things are going to happen. They had tested him before, but his test had not come back. So they didn't presume anything. That's in direct, sort of direct reflection of what happened in early March with the NBA, where a player from Utah Jazz, Rudy Gobert, was touching microphones and everything where, uh, you know, he was slightly ill, didn't think it was any big deal, touched all the microphones, and it ends up he did have COVID-19. It led to teammates and photographers and referees and a whole bunch of other people um, contracting the virus as well. So we know more now than we did back in March. And I think that the UFC showed last weekend that we can do this. We can, we can host live events. Maybe not with fans in the stands. We don't want to put the general population at risk. But there's no other reason not to with the fate of the economy in these, these leagues' hands. There's really not. Assuming everybody could be safe and we test and take the proper precautions, people are going to get sick. It's just a matter of nipping it in the bud, identifying it quickly, and not letting it spread. So that's something. And one other thing I want to talk about uh, before diving into what's going on with our, the company and all this good stuff, um, or bad stuff, depending on how you look at it, the NFL. I just want to run down some numbers for you from the National Football League because I was in a debate. Believe it or not, yeah, an honest, like good debate on Twitter. Can you believe it? It actually happened. About a week ago, I was talking that 
about NFL stadiums, you don't really need the attendance. Like watching an NFL game from a stadium is something I knew 20 years ago was passe. Like he, television, football is a television sport. It was made for television. It's so good on TV, knowing where the first down marker is. HD, high definition, colors popping off the sides, seeing the down in the distance, the score, you know, being able to see guys in motion and different routes people are running. And, you know, all these, you know, if a catch was made or bobbled or trapped or a guy's feet were out of bounds or inbounds or whatever, all these things you can't see from, you know, section 348 out there in the corner of an end zone. You can't, can't see any of that. You don't know if a ball was lost or fumbled or tipped at the line of scrimmage, you have no idea, right? And somebody was arguing with me, well, they can't afford to lose all the money they make from attendance. And I hope everybody understands NFL teams and sports in general, they don't make most of their money from attendance. Attendance is a very small piece of the pie. I think the average gate is average take from attendance concessions, parking, and everything, the, the middle of the line from the NFL, all NFL franchise, about $82 million, where most teams take in about $350 million. Now, okay, about 23, let's call it 25% roughly, right? About what it is, a little less than 25% is what's brought in via attendance. That's a good chunk of money. It's a lot of money. No owner would want to throw that away, of course. But now you've got to factor something else in. The cost of maintaining those facilities, the cost of the facility, the people to attend it, to clean it. And during a virus, you have to not just clean it, you have to sanitize every last square inch of the arena. The power takes, the electricians, the groundskeeping crew, the sound people, everything it takes, right? So uh, some numbers with you on that. An NFL team, on average, in ticket sales, right, is about, they earned about $7 million bucks, all right? And that's what it all comes down to, you know, ticket sales from a single event, I should say. Each per game, it's $7 million times 16 or whatever. The, the amount of money made during that is about 8%. That's their profit margin. A eight percent profit margin from hosting games, and sure, it's worth their while, right? And the NFL has special clauses in all their television contracts that they have to sell out every game in order for that game to be shown locally on television. Well, those are easily at this point. That is such a passe rule that was sort of the the chocolate sauce on top of the Sunday that was the, these deals for the NFL TV stations will give live sporting events. Why the AAF and XFL got such sweetheart deals. Live sports are where it's at as far as ratings, marketing, advertisers, and all that. That is the creme de la creme. And the NFL is the crown jewel of it all. That's why they get several billion dollars. They make billions of dollars on television alone. In 2018, NFL got $1.3 billion in simple TV transactions and corporate sponsorships as a result of those. $1.3 billion on that alone, everybody. And then you look at the 
Verizon deal that they signed in 2017, uh, the uh, AT&T slash DirecTV, the, the Verizon deal is $2.5 billion over five years. Amazon has $130 million. $250 million from Facebook. You have $1.6 billion per season from AT&T. Like, it is unbelievable the amount of money drawn in uh, by this. They're hoping by 2025 that television rights will be $25 billion for the NFL. That is insanity, but that's just what it is, and that's what it's going to cost to do business. So, no, not having fans in the stands, that's not going to shake the NFL a hell of a difference. It just isn't. Now, there's other situations. What do we do at these stadiums? I don't think there needs to be fans in the stands at all. Honestly, I don't think most sporting events need fans in the stands. Sure, it's great to go to a game. I love going to games. But I'm not willing to risk anything. I'm willing to pay for it to go to a game, but I'm not willing to sit and try. I hate it. When I lived in Chicago, it was tragically bad. I, I didn't want to, I wouldn't have gone to any more games, not unless it was playoffs, championship, some big thing. And I used to have season tickets. It's, it's impossible to get to the ballpark. It's impossible to get downtown. Two and a half hours each way in a car just from the, the western suburbs. It's ridiculous. Now, here in Phoenix, where I am, it's a lot closer. It's a lot easier in and out, the city, the park. Everything's just constructed better. But, you know, it still takes time and effort and money and everything else to go to a game. Not going to add possibly contracting a virus. Also, these stadiums. Why are we sandwiched in like sardines? Why, are we, why do we have to be right on top of each other? I, I, I love sitting in my big old recliner on my 120-inch projection screen, HD, you know, pausing, stopping, rewinding. I, I, that's the way to watch a game. I don't need to sit with some behemoth sitting next to me breathing down my neck who may or may not have the COVID virus. Screw that. Not interested whatsoever. So, you know, when you start thinking, oh, how can sports survive? Eventually, we're going to have fans back and all that, right? And I think it's fans are most important in NBA. And then I guess Major League Baseball, even though I don't think it's that big a difference in baseball either. I really don't. I don't think they mean a hell of a difference in, in the NFL. I really don't. I'm sorry to say it. I know we've seen our producer, my producer in Sirius XM, Phil Backer, he's a season ticket holder to Ravens. I had bear season tickets for a couple of years back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, eek. They were terrible. But, hell, I, got a, I was on the list. I got them. And uh, I ended up giving most of them away because it just wasn't worth going to games anymore. So, anyway, if that gives you a little more confidence that they're – Stadiums don't need to be full. We don't need to show up. Fans don't need to be in attendance at these games in order for these leagues to play. I think you realize that when you start looking at the numbers, it's just not it, – it, that's a no-brainer for the sports leagues and why uh, the NFL won't have any problem not having fans in the stands in, during their 2020 regular season. So there you go. All right, let's get into the other topic I wanted to talk about here on the show today, and that's what's wrong with Elite Fantasy. EliteFantasy.com, FantasyGuru.com, Elite Sports Betting. Let me, guys, let me take you guys on a, an overall approach. Okay, so th- this is something that's, oh, that 
it's hard to understand because there's a lot of business ventures. When I, I had worked, I built, uh, started and built Fantasy Alarm, right? And I did that for um, seven years, eight years I worked there. Um, built the company from the ground up with uh, the help of uh, some great people who I still consider dear friends over there. I got the opportunity to come at a, in startup mode with a company called Guru Elite. Now, Guru Elite, was an offshoot of fantasyguru.com. Fantasy Guru's been going since 1995. We are the leading, the number one seasonal fantasy service in the world and have been for a long, long time. And um, so Fantasy Guru has been a tried and true seasonal product. Uh, there was a company called Guru Elite, the elite brand of Fantasy Guru that did daily fantasy and some sports betting. I was tapped early on after the first football season, after three months of the business running and Guru Elite to become their CEO. I came over, became the CEO of the company and ran that company for a little over two years. After two years, we ended up, there was a roll up uh, amongst a capital investment firm that bought out the rights to Fantasy Guru, bought the rights to Guru Elite as well. They wanted to merge us under one roof and thus we became the elite sports network. So that's where we stand today. Now, from that, gambling has become legalized. It's not something we just sneak into our DFS articles like we used to do or even our seasonal articles. No, now we have actual, an actual betting site at elitesportsbetting.com. So we had to farm it out because the gambling restrictions are very, very clear as far as the law is concerned. And um, advertisers also don't want, don't want to mix commingling daily fantasy sports, seasonal fantasy sports with gambling, which is betting on the games, the player props and all that. So that's why we have three sites. One is a DFS site. That's elitefantasy.com. The other fantasyguru.com is exclusively seasonal fantasy sports, football, baseball, and basketball. And the other elite sports betting is where we do all our bets, prop bets, Everything. We do horse racing, we do poker, we do anything you could imagine where you could find a line on a game or a prop bet or whatever, we have it over there. So that's the composition, if you will, of the company. So I was CEO. I ran the company until we were bought out by this investment firm. And then, you know, a reorganization of the company. And now our guy, MLB model, Rob Brink, he is the CEO of the company. I'm the chief content officer. And, you know, Tommy G president and all that good stuff, whatever titles we got, whatever it is, what it is. So what happened was the, the truth of the matter, no matter what anybody wants to tell you, no matter what anybody wants to spin it, because everybody spins things their own way. I'm going to tell you guys the straight dope. The, the fact of the matter is Guru Elite, along with Fancy Guru, was the became the largest selling fantasy company in the world, right? We did that in very short order. Uh, first year we were there, 2017, we, we became, we had, you know, sales in the you know, multi-millions of dollars, something that a standalone um, company had never done before in our space. And, you know, not ESPN, CBS, Yahoo, any of those, this was a standalone company making that kind of money. And so that's what we did. And obviously, 
when you're successful and you put in a good product, which we did and worked hard, you know, we, there's a lot of success and there's a lot of people that share in that success. Now I was the CEO of the company. Okay. During that whole span. Am I, am I the guy who did it? Am I the, the big winner? Am I the one, the reason? No, not at all. But I've, feel like a lot of people, if they were in my chair, would strongly believe that to be true. I don't because I know it takes a village. It takes a lot of people. It takes, well, what it really takes is customer support. Let's not be, let's be, let's not bullshit anybody, right? Um, it takes customer support. It takes a lot of people. We, our talent, the group of people we had uh, at Guru Elite, Fantasy Guru, during, you know, 2016, 2017, 2018 was nothing short of an all-star cast, uh, just amazingly talented people in every walk of life, every type, every style, daily, betting, seasonal, analytical, entertaining, um, just good business people. We were stacked. It was the greatest talent pool there's ever been in, in fantasy sports and Unfortunately, it looks like it might be the, the best staff that will ever be assembled again. And the reason that I state that, that you'll never see the likes of that again, is because what happens when you're successful like that, what happens when you make a lot of money, is everybody wants more. More money, higher salaries, bigger share of the pie, more ownership, more responsibility, more glory, more pats on the back, more credit, right? Everything. That includes myself. And then when that stuff happens, you get a, I don't want to say fighting, but yeah, jockeying for position, right? Now, who's the credit? Who's that? And the unfortunate part is in our business, there's not a, a lot of us are not trained we're not trained in the business side of things. We're not, are not used to being on a team built like the 27 Yankees or in the 96 Yankees or any of the greatest teams or the, the 98 Chicago Bulls even, you know. It, it, you get a big sense of esteem and self-confidence when you achieve that, when you're part of it, whether you're uh, the leadoff hitter, the ninth place hitter in the lineup, everybody thinks that. And in this case, I can say with full sincerity and no bullshit, it's 100% true. It's warranted by every single person's account, every single one of them. You know, everybody should be proud of what we achieved at Guru Elite and you know, the merger and launching the sites and all that stuff. And obviously, afterwards, as we have gone on, People have broken off. People want to go and run their own shop, do their own thing. Hell, I did it. I moved from Fancy. Fancy Alarm is a very successful company, something I'm extraordinarily proud to have built and ran and maintained for so long. But there came a time where I had an opportunity and I seized it and I went and took it. And the guys at Fancy Alarm and I are great friends. It didn't need to end. It didn't end. Very amicable. Respect, peace, and love to everybody. There's enough for everybody. That's the problem we have, though, in our current environment. I don't think people understand that there's enough for everybody. I think that they want 
when people leave a company or want to take share or want more credit or more responsibility or more money, some people, not all, some people want the only way they can justify doing that in their own mind is to attack, is to cause uh, chaos, to cause problems or whatever. And we've been incredibly fortunate to have very, very few of those people. We, I think that speaks to the kind of talent we had at this company for so long. And so over the last two years, we've had a, a good number of people fall out, start their own things, do, go to other companies all over from NFL Network to running their own shops and everything else. And I would say 99.9% of those people, it's been very amicable, at least uh, between me and I think the, the our um, executive team, which includes myself and Rob Rink and Tommy G. I think it's been very amicable, very positive and everything. Even when people leave to do their own thing, it's all love. It's all peace and love. A couple situations haven't been as amicable. There's been a couple, I'm not going to bullshit you guys. There's been some uh, battles behind the scenes and sometimes unfortunately in front of the scenes during that as well. But Nothing that I regret personally or professionally, nothing, you know, way I handled things or whatever. Not, I'm very proud of what we've accomplished. I'm proud of the way I have hung in there with all this because it's not easy to navigate a company that when one or two people leave, everybody thinks, oh my God, that's it. And when you're on top of the mountain, everybody secretly or not so secretly wishes and wants you to fail. And that's been us for the last three, four years. Everybody's wanted us to fail. And I get it. I don't, I don't have ill will towards people for that. But um, we're still surviving. Not just surviving, we're thriving. The company's in great shape. Our company, so we've lost a lot of great people. And I'm not going to throw names around. Not that I mind or whatever. It's out of the respect for those people who helped us build, uh, out of respect for people who have left and their rights for me not to talk about them or their situations or anything else. But if any of you guys are listening, um, nothing but love, respect for all of you, for anybody who has taken this journey with me, with us, hosted shows, had business calls, marketing meetings, like hiring and firing staff and all this stuff. Like we've been through a lot. And as you get older and we, we get older, we're going to look back at these times in, in uh, a very positive way because this was a very great time in all of our lives. But, you know, people are doing their own thing and that's wonderful. And they're taking different well, paths and doing different things. What we're doing at Elite Fantasy, so the benefit, the one benefit from having lost uh, a lot of great people the only real benefit is that we have a lot of great customers. We have the best customers in fantasy sports. They're loyal. They're true. They know we're going to put on a great product, out of great product. They, you know, we're doing all three phases, gambling, DFS, seasonal. So people, we take care of our customers, always have, always will. That's what Elite Mafia for life. It's not just a saying. It's not a marketing gimmick that so many people think it is. No, it's really what we believe. Mafia means family. 
And when you're part of our network and you're uh, you know, behind our paywall in our chats or on our pages or talking to our customer service reps or whatever it is, our tech guys, and getting you guys set up on you know, MyGuru or whatever service product you're using with us, it means the world to us. And we've lost a lot of great people, but what that's done is we have a lot of resources now to go in, not just to survive the, the COVID-19, the pandemic, the loss of sports for the last three months. We are actually flourishing. Our profit margins are phenomenal, such that our investors are very happy that we're willing to, we're ready, willing, and able to expand our reach. We're really diving in. I mean, we had Preston Johnson, don't forget. I know I said I wouldn't mention names, but Preston Johnson made it to ESPN. I mean, you know, that's a just a phenomenal, so proud. Our ability to identify the best talent it has not been lost. Our management team is still intact, and we're very good at identifying talent, whether it's in fantasy sports or just people who play them. We know great talent, and we're going to bring in more people. You're going to see new names, new faces, and those faces and those names and those people are going to know what it's like to be part of the elite mafia. They're going to know how much we care about our customers our subscribers, our listeners, our viewers, whether it's free product or pay product or whatever, you know, they're They know the elite mafia way. All right. And we are going to ramp that up. We're going to bring in great people that provide, that innovate, that create new things for this football season. I was on a call just the other day about our, our uh, draft guide launch at fantasyguru.com. We already have our seasonal content rolling out every single day over there, but our draft guide this year, we are innovating with rankings, with the way we incorporate rankings, different tools, stuff that is nowhere else. That hasn't, it has never been invented because we are inventing it. We are tapping it. We are able to do that and roll that out here in 2020. Right? We have those kind of resources and we're using them. We're bringing in great people. We're going to create great services. It's what we plan on doing. And we are working on other things. Fanlinksports.com, we launched that. That's a completely free site, by the way. Perfectly free to everybody. We roll content on there every single day. Not only do we roll content, we give all of you the opportunity to be your own sports blogger. Talk about whatever's on your mind. Give your daily fantasy picks. Give your gambling picks. Give your seasonal rankings. Do whatever you got to do and create and cultivate a following of your own. We're giving you, we're providing that to all of our readers, subscribers, and everything free of charge because we believe in it. We believe in our community and we know it's the best damn community in the world. So we've already rolled that out even during this pandemic, right? So we have that going for us. And, you know, like I said, there's, there's going to be a lot of great things coming down the pike and some I can talk about some I can't talk about unfortunately but when we get into late 2020 early 2021 we are not sitting on our ass just doing nothing rolling out the same shit that we've done for the last five ten years whatever no that's not us that's not the elite sports network it's not what this company does it's not what I'm about and um we're innovating creating these new concepts new features, new tools, new shows, new programming. 
all of that, and we're bringing in new people. If you checked out, uh, you can go on FanLinkSports.com. If you're not a subscriber, you can go to FanLinkSports.com. Just look at what we did for the NFL draft. We had the best NFL draft coverage probably anywhere, maybe even including ESPN and NFL Network's combined coverage. Like that's, we, we rivaled that with what we were capable of and able to do. Go there and look at and watch that live stream with me, Russell Clay, Mike Dempsey, Armando Marsal, and Tyler Beaker, and you'll see, you know, we had fun. We knew everything about every player, how they fit, all these schemes. And go, that's what we're about, and that's what the future is going to hold. So can't stop people from leaving. And I've told our staff and anybody who has ever left our company, anybody, they can say anything they, they may not like my scheduling abilities. They may not like, you know, my write-ups. They don't agree with my plays or something like that. That's very possible, but nobody will ever say I treated them um, with anything less than class and dignity. Nobody will ever say I was unfair to them. Um, it's never going to happen. It never will happen. And the other thing, and the most important thing is I'll never tell our staff to shy away from a great opportunity for them. I don't wish ill. It goes back to episode 15. I talked about depression and my battles with it in the past. And one of the things that keeps me on the right track, and I talked about it in last episode, is that, and people think they mistake it. Like I'm cocky, I'm arrogant. Maybe I am, but I'm confident. I know my ability. I know what I'm capable of. I know what we do. I know how I handle myself. I know how our management team, our investors handle themselves, how our staff handles themselves. And if somebody gets a great opportunity, I love it. I'm proud of them. There's been guys who left, won millions of dollars in DFS, and then skirted us right away, you know, out the door. I, I applaud it. I love it. Somebody who moves up the ladder, I'm never going to blame somebody for doing what's best for them, helping to provide for their family and friends and their situation, right? Unless it involves lying, cheating, stealing, or something like that. But if somebody's hard work pays off and they get a following that's you know, big and they want to start their own thing or go somewhere, they go, go to ESPN or NFL Network like we've had a bunch of our guys do in the past. Uh, MLB TV is another one. Any, that's wonderful. I would never hold anybody back. And our current staff, I'll never hold anybody back from a great opportunity. I mean that. Um, we, we've got a great thing here. I have been, I've failed at fantasy sports for a number of years. I started in 2005. Ran my own shop for a couple of years. Just did a lot of things wrong. Didn't get traction. I failed at this for a while. So when something is successful, when I started getting traction, when I figured it out, right, I know the way to success. I know the way to, and it all goes back to the customers. Those of you who listen to this podcast, those of you who hit up our free site, our paid site, whatever it is, any way you support our content and what we do will never let you down. I did a, an interview the other day. Somebody asked me, man, do you get any sleep? Do you, no, no. I get three, four hours of sleep a night. It's fine. Uh, and what am I thinking about while well, my whole house is asleep and I'm up looking at the last three years data for the NFL and readjusting projections on fantasy guru and posting my uh, poker bets and my poker articles or horse racing bets or whatever at elite sports betting. What am I thinking? Think about the customer. I'm thinking about the guy or gal wakes up early in the morning, 
out for their, their morning run and wants to listen to this podcast maybe. Or you're sitting there in your cup of coffee at your table and you're, going, you're scrolling through and you, you, you go into the, the um, fantasy guru you read my write-up in the last three years of wide receivers. Whoa, I'm bro, look at Jarvis Landry, pretty productive. You find those little nuggets there. It's for those of you, you, you come home from work and you're sitting back watching some UFC on a Wednesday night or Saturday night, and you say, oh, I wonder what, what the bets are. And boom, we have it all there for you. That's what drives me. It's what drives this company, and it will continue to do so. And losing talent is never a bad thing unless it happens in a negative way. I could say outside of one or two instances, man, we've been very, very lucky. We lose people because they get better opportunities and they grow their brand and uh, they leave for a better thing. And God love them for that. I, I, I have no problems with any of that. I will say though, not to be, I don't want to be rude and disrespectful. There's one element that I wanted to make sure I, I said on the show and I want it to be clear because I, I'm going to say it and it's going to get misconstrued, but fuck it, right? It's when somebody, when a person leaves a company, I think the one mistake a lot of people make when they leave, and again, I'm a guy who left a company. I built it. I made promises, right? And then I left. I've done that. So I, I don't think enough analysts out there recognize the fact that they are leaving customers when they leave a site. If they leave in the middle of a season or just, you know, go on walkabout or disappear, you're leaving the customers, you're leaving the subscribers, you're leaving the listeners, the readers, those who depend on us. If I, if I am a customer, I'm a consumer, when that happens on television or uh, radio or something like that, I get pissed off. I don't appreciate whether, you know, whatever the situation may be, somebody walking out on me. If I depend on you and you're my morning drive guy and that's the radio station I listen on my commute, I expect you to be there. Sure, you'll get a vacation and you get days off or sick days. Of course. If you just disappear and now you're hosting overnights or you know evening drives somewhere else. If it's a better opportunity for you, fine. But you're jumping around the dial. Fuck you. I'll get pissed at you. And I strongly, as a consumer of fantasy products, everybody's one thing we don't do is hold our analysts more accountable for leaving us or walking out on us. Because that's one thing where I wish some of the departures from our company and other companies, and we've seen it. I mean, there's a lot of our competitors are losing people as well because of the, the pandemic. And at, it's this time, there's going to be an influx of new sites and new things going up. And people ask, well, are you scared? Are you worried? No, I'm never worried of competition. I'm never worried. I'm actually, I feel, I'm scared for people because they're going to have to outwork us. Good luck with it. Good luck outworking this team. And the people we have here, the people that we bring in, I offer you much, much luck in doing that because, uh, you know, Christmas Day, birthdays, anniversaries, summer heat, winter cold, electricity, power outages, internet outages, server outages, you know, all these issues. Like, we're, we've been there. I've ran this thing. We've done this as a team. 
I've been through it with multiple companies and multiple places at this point. And um, I wish though that when people left companies, they recognized that, hey, you're also leaving everybody, especially when they're a paying customer and they subscribed to your content and site, they were there for you. If you were that big of a part of that company or that service and you just walked out because of something, some bullshit or some ego trip, right? That's sad. And I think more analysts, you don't, they never learn it until they've run their own shop and they've been responsible. And then they realize, oh shit, yeah, I can't just duck out. I just can't go on vacation. I can't miss it at uh, a show because it's Fat Tuesday or the Cinco de Mayo or whatever. It's my birthday or something. No, you can't do that then, you know? And you can't just walk out in the middle of a season on people. And I think there needs to be more accountability. And I hope that in the future there is, not just here, but everywhere across the fantasy sports industry. So um, that is that. The future in social media, we are going to change the way we do social media as well here at the Elite Fantasy, the Elite Sports Network. Twitter has been a major, major thing. That's one other thing. <laughs> I'll say this. Uh, the copycat nature of the fantasy sports industry is profound. The a lot of people cannot think creatively. They don't like to innovate. We have creative calls two to three times a week at this company in different facets, whether it's podcasting and products, whether it's technology, marketing. We have multiple calls every single week where we get on the line and we talk multiple people within our organization trying to innovate and create and, and be better every single day. A lot of other folks go out there and just copy the blueprint. And that's something that's happening. We have been copied so many times by so many people. And it, part of it starts, it, I start getting pissed off. I do. I start getting really pissed off about it. And then I realize it's flattery. It's a compliment. They're recognizing that we've done things the right way. We've done things a good way. That we have a good system in place. That this company that's been around now for what thirty years, thirty, you know, um, twenty five, almost thirty years, I suppose, nineteen ninety five, when Fantasy Guru started, we have a good thing going. And even though I wasn't there in ninety five, and, and a lot of those years, I saw those guys. I saw I saw how they handled their business. I saw what they provide their customers, and I won't let them down. Never, it's never going to happen. I will never let those, them down. So people are going to copy our business plan. They're going to copy our, our content model, our structure. And one of that is they're going to push on Twitter all the time because that's Tommy G's of genius. Tommy G was the king of Twitter selling. He was great, flamboyant. He posted all of our wins. It did all of that, hyped everybody up. And he has become, you know, well, I'll say what Tommy's become is a uh, huge conspiracy theorist guru at this given point in time. But you see so many people going out and copying what Tommy did, what I did, what the founders of this company did in the beginning and trying to market and hype on Twitter. And that's been done. Like we did that three, four, five years ago. We are going further with it. We're going to different social media routes. We are marketing in different ways. We are getting our message out in different ways. 
I'm going to, I will let our competitors and everybody else flood Twitter because I believe Twitter is a fucking cesspool. And I've said this many times. I love the idea of Twitter. The idea that I could have conversations, I could be watching football on a Sunday afternoon, tell everybody, ooh, uh, Todd Gurley limped off the field, and somebody asked me, oh, what does it look like? Who's in there now? Oh, it's Edo Smith right now. Here comes Brian Hill. Oh, he's going to the locker room. That's wonderful, but that's not what happens anymore. That's not what happens. I'll say, ooh, Todd Gurley limped off the field, or, and then somebody will tweet at me, two days later and say, hey, yeah, real, this didn't age well. Like trying this gotcha mentality where everybody's just fucking awful to each other and nobody's having conversations. So they could, you guys could have Twitter. You can bludgeon Twitter uh, between all the startups and do all the things you want to do with that. It's just not the way of the future. The, the way you know what a piece of shit Twitter has become, Mother's Day is the you know, very great day honor the moms across the world and we're in the middle of a pandemic and you know, making sure people are safe and people can't be in with their mothers on this day and all this stuff. Do you know what the number one trending topic this Mother's Day was? MILFs. Yeah, MILFs. That was the number one. And you think, oh, that's funny. And it, again, it is, but really? What's just, what the fuck, man? What's wrong with people? Like, seriously, that's your trending topic? I've done plenty of shows on plenty of Mother's Days, you know, and it's usually, oh, TV moms and, you know, even uh, good-looking moms or, you know, whatever, all these types of things. Um, But MILFs? Good Lord. It just shows the, the depths we've sunk to on that certain social media outlet. So you guys, uh, you can have that. Uh, I think as we go, you'll know about us on Twitter. You'll see what we elite uh, fantasy and a fantasy guru site on Twitter and elite wins is our elite sports betting handle for that. But we're going to innovate. We're going to, we're going to push it forward. Uh, we're going to be doing things bigger and better the remainder of 2020 and into 2021, we've got a, a huge project we're launching at the start of 2021 that's going to blow everybody's socks off. Something nobody will have seen coming that I shouldn't even be talking about like this. And I guarantee you, if anybody in my company, if Rob or anybody hears this podcast, uh, I guess this is a test of if they will or not, they will say, what the fuck are you talking about that for? I, I'm not going to say it, but there's big plans. We're not going anywhere. We, we're bringing in new people, we're growing, we're innovating, we're crafting new tools for our Fantasy Guru site and draft guide. Huge, huge player prop tool coming to EliteSportsBetting.com. Uh, a lot of other great innovations at EliteFantasy.com. So all that's going on as well. Um, I mentioned Tommy G. I should still mention Tommy G. People ask me all the time, what the fuck's wrong with Tommy G? What's going on with Tommy G? Is he a conspiracy theory theorist or whatever? Tommy is Mr. Conspiracy Theory now, okay? And But when the sports are gone, there's nothing else going on. Tommy's always had a political side of him. He's always wanted to do more. And I think all great analysts and people always want more, right? They always want to be more. Tommy's always wanted to be famous. He's on 
fucking reality shows, right? He he should be. He's the character for it, right? That's what he should be doing. That's what we want him to do. We're not limiting Tommy G. Why don't you? Limit? I don't share Tommy's political sense. I don't believe in conspiracy theories at all. I've been on the shows talking conspiracies with him and just he hated me on it because I just say, yeah, it's bullshit, 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 bullshit. I don't believe any of it. But we don't fight. We don't argue about it. He could have his beliefs and I could have mine and we could be brothers who support one another as a result. And that's what we are. So you don't have to agree with Tommy's stuff, guys. I don't know why people take such great offense to it. You know, I, that's, that's a whole nother angle that I will never understand. Again, people want to push their belief system onto others because they feel it's the only right way to go. But the truth of the matter is we could believe in different political agendas and different, uh, have different religions and belief systems and all that. And we can get along just wonderfully. There's no reason to it. But uh, so Tommy's going to be doing that. He's, he's building something great with the No Mercy podcast, which I, I recommend anybody who's into that sort of thing, conspiracy theories and all that. Uh, again, I don't believe in any of it. I am not a conspiracy guy whatsoever. Uh, politics, good fucking grief, absolutely not. Not my cup of tea, will never be my cup of tea. But uh, Tommy will be with us doing gambling. He'll be with me in football season doing shows and writing his write-up for our football season and contributing to the draft guide, a fancy guru, and doing all the normal Tommy G stuff. He's going to be expanding his reach. He, you know, he's got 120,000 followers right now. He's got people locked in on, on this stuff. He's tuned into the election. So he's going to be doing that. And like I said, use Tommy – like he used me, use us. You could like us, hate us, whatever, but use us for what we can provide for you. Use our network of people. Use us however you can to get ahead in your own life, right? That's what you should be doing. Don't worry about our politics. Don't worry about our religious takes. That, that's why would you care? I don't know. And why you would care. I know what's important to some of you and God love you, but I'm going to be able to make you a winner in seasonal fantasy football this year. I'm going to make you a shit ton of money in seasonal fantasy football this year. I'm going to make you money betting on football this year. I'm going to make you some money in daily fantasy baseball. Hopefully assuming major league baseball goes right. We have KBO though. Daily Fantasy Baseball lives with the KBO. We have content every single day at EliteFantasy.com. I haven't done a, a write-up yet of KBO, but I will if Major League Baseball doesn't start soon. Um, I'll start doing those. But I will make you money doing those things, right? I tell you all the time, don't, don't drift with me. Don't follow me on my NBA thoughts and picks. I love the NBA. I love the game of basketball, but I'm not our NBA guy. We have great NBA guys like Brian Healy that can give you a Thad Houston. Those guys can provide you all your NBA talk, right? That's what you need for that. Um, don't worry about my politics or Tommy's politics. Think on your own. Follow the political pundits that you like the most or whatever. That's my advice to people. And uh, don't get caught up in, in that. You know, and if you get offended by something, um, apologies. But nine times out of ten, there's always an instance which, you know, I, me and Tommy have gotten yelling matches. I've gone too far. 
on social media at times. Tommy's gone way too far uh, plenty more times in the past. And sometimes we'll argue about it. Sometimes we won't. I say everybody needs thicker skin. If it doesn't directly affect you, who gives a shit? Let people be stupid. Let people be smart. Let people believe what they want to believe as long as it doesn't directly affect you. All right? What we can directly affect at the Elite Sports Network is making you money, having great fun, having good times, informing, educating, entertaining. That's what we're all about. That will never fucking change. You've got my word on that. <sighs> all right. Where are we at here? Um, I think I've addressed it. I know you guys probably want names of me to uh, go out each situation. Um, there's like four guys, I guess, four people that have left the company. I'm sure you want me to talk about each one individually. I hope you understand that I'm respecting those people. I'm respecting them in the highest form and highest regard. Uh, I wish everybody the best of luck in future endeavors. I don't hold any ill will. Not that kind of person. We can dis agree to disagree. We can dis disagree. People could do what they want. And I'll support anybody who's been on this journey with me, Tommy, Rob, and our company. Anybody who's been on this journey, I will. Uh, they will have my support to the end of days as far as I'm concerned. And that includes every customer that comes through our turnstiles, every single person at Fantasy Guru Elite, Fantasy and Elite Sports Betting.com. So there you go. Some... Industry talk, I suppose, right there. Um, hope you guys understand. If you've, I'm sure you have questions. Hit me up at Jeff underscore Mans, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, of course, on TikTok as well. Like my TikTok videos. What are you guys doing? Go there, like my videos. We could chat on TikTok all you want, by the way. I answer every question that's posed to me on TikTok. Always do and always will. Just a much more friendlier place to be. And uh, of course, check out our draft guide, fantasyguru.com. If you like discounts, I'll give you one. EliteFantasy.com slash mans, M-A-N-S. That's the spot to go. Anything you want that's behind the paywall, get it for a discount. EliteFantasy.com slash mans. That's going to do it for episode 16 in the books here, folks. Are there any other topics you want me to hit to address, to take on. Again, follow-up questions and anything else. Just please, I beg of you, I'm not getting into a war with folks. Not my interest. I will. If they want, if they, if people want to come after me, I'll go right after that. But I don't want to, there's no need for it, man. I'm 40 years old. Give this old man a break. Let me just provide great content for y'all. That's my ultimate job. If you want to ask questions, ask questions. But please be respectful to anybody that's ever been associated with the elite mafia because folks we run this shit and that's not going to change they'll do it for me uh, we'll see you next time everybody remember you may disagree that's okay why because that's one man's opinion see you next time everybody deuces <laughs>